All right, g'day and welcome back to another episode of the Wing It Podcast, uh, episode number 23. Now, I don't know anyone in the AFL with 23 if I tried. You might, but I'm just going with LeBron. I'm going with Michael Jordan. I'm going with Anthony Davis in New Orleans. I'm going with... Uh, that's it. Go on. got Buddy Franklin. Well done. Oh, wow, the GOAT. James Jordan. No, the Demons. Uh, I think Dylan Williams for Port Adelaide might be 23. <laughs> well, done. Um, well done. I think you've is. got is. O'Brien from the Hawks is 23. Potential uh, mark of the year player. Yeah, I think Liam Henry from Frio is 23. Um, You're pulling this out your ass now. No, nah, I'm pretty sure. Uh, Liam Henry more. comes to mind when you think of 23. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's 23 at Frio. Um, Liam Henry's literally played five games. And what's another thing? Gold Coast. Uh, I think it might be Lemons, Sam Lemons. Or Flanders. Flanders or Lemons. Wow. Um, I think I can think of every every twenty three in the league. Good number. Anyway, yeah, well we'll play. It's a great number. Twenty three is um You've asked no, right now. It's know. a great number in every other sport bar AFL. So obviously a very prestigious number in NBA. But anyway, moving on. Uh, welcome back to another episode of the Wing It podcast. Um, that's done with the 23s. Uh, we've got a bit of news to get through this week. Obviously, we've got through our normal review. We've got some juicy hot wings coming up at the end of the episode, which we're really keen to talk about. Uh, this year, We're changing up pretty much. We alluded to it last week, uh, but uh, our, our hot wings from now on are going to be more uh, discussion and topic based. So we've got a great one that Dog has come up with this week, which we'd love to hear your opinion on. So when we uh, get through it, make sure you leave your opinions in the comments and uh, we'll get back to them. But let's kick off with our rumor meal slash camp news. I don't know why I keep saying that because it's never been camp news. Uh, anyway. Sorry, mate. We get it. It's been sent there for Everyone's got it. Anyway, I did the rumor meal, so that's the main thing. Cunnington and Fife both out for the season. Poor Ben Cunnington's obviously had a uh, testy tumour. We'll call it that. And he's poor had bloke. it out. Yeah, terribly poor bloke. So he's had that taken out. Um, and now, fire. It's not funny. It's not, it's not a laughing matter. That's very <laughs> you, serious. That's you a very start, serious incident. You start smiling and you egged me on. Um, anyway, and then Fife obviously had his shoulder slipped out for, I don't know, this 14th time in the last six minutes. So Fife and Cunnington stars this competition out for the season. Yeah, yeah, Nat Fife, uh, brutal. He probably should have not played for the last three or four weeks, to be fair. Um, yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, with the previous shoulder injury he had. So I really didn't think he was going to play much the rest of the season, but went on to play about three or four games since. And yeah, he's, he's gone and re aggravated it, which you would expect. Um, and I presume just having a full shoulder Rico and hopefully Correct. be back fit next season. Uh, but thoughts and prayers to him and Ben Cunnington. Who um, obviously has just been diagnosed with testicular cancer. Um, so tumor. Yeah, hopefully, not not confirmed to cancer, just a tumor to be pre uh, preemptive. Or is it? Oh, okay. Often? Yeah, there you go. Uh, but yeah, full suppress him. All the best with the surgery. Uh, hope he goes all right, and he'll be a bit lighter getting around the field now. So he's he's a dairy farmer. So what does that have to do with the frost of eggs? I know they're gonna be both. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I love that. That's a bad start. Um, anyway, next, here we go. This is actually like, this, this is a great one by me, and you're going to hate it. But anyway, my rumor meal, my rumor meal. The Melbourne Demons, your beloved Demons, 
They are dead last in the AFL at the moment in goal kicking accuracy since the buys. So since round 12 started, they are dead last in the AFL in goal kicking accuracy. Since that day, they have won two games. Are you sure that's correct? Yes, it's correct. They are, I don't know. I saw it a is. stat, but... No, it's dead set. You can go into the AFL News report and just look about two days ago and it's there. They are dead last in goal kicking accuracy since the bye, since round 12. And you've had two wins since round 12. You've had, losses, you've had losses, a draw, and only two wins. I checked before, double-check, and you've only been two teams. Before, before the round 12 buy, you were top four in goal-kicking accuracy, and we saw your results. You were probably the best team in the competition. Does that worry you, Matthew Doherty? You yeah, base think, yourselves. You have to kick straight to win. That's that's I, just common logic. Well, I think it's something that, that I've hinted on uh, throughout the year. I think we peaked just far too early. Uh, obviously, we ended up going 9-0, I think it was, uh, before a, a loss. And, yeah, we, we were just going ham at the start of the season. Uh, as you said, we, we were the fourth best team uh, in kicking accuracy before the buys. Uh, we're the best pressure inside 50, most tackles inside 50, forward 50. Uh, and we just had every stat going for us, apart from clearances early. Um, and, yeah, it sort of just turned around the other way. We are doing well with the clearances uh, since the buy, but... It's really not winning us the games, so our midfield isn't isn't carrying us through the wins and and seeing us get those uh, crucial four points we need to remain in that top four and hopefully push for the top two again. But it's worrying signs, but I feel like we can definitely bounce back. And if we have a little dip here, um, hopefully it's just a dip before the before the rise that we're going to have uh, coming into finals. So no. we can peak in these last two or three weeks with two very very difficult games away from home, uh, and two very easy, winnable games. So we've got Gold Coast and Crows. And then we've got Eagles in Perth and Geelong at GMHBA, the last game of the season. Um, so we'll see how those go, but I don't know. I, I think it's going to have to be a strong end to the season. Uh, and if we can pull four wins out of that, then I think we're just we're right into premiership favourites again. So I think it's actually really good that we have um, two easy ones and two hard ones. Uh, split up as well between the weeks. So I feel like those hard ones are just going to gear you up to being in that final sort of form. Because uh, if you can just have an easy run home, then sometimes you can go into a bit of a slump um, and you're not playing the quality team, so you're not getting that challenge. But I think uh, I think we just need to pick up just a couple of stats that, that are a little bit worrying, like with our forward line. And now our forward line starting to mesh, hopefully. We haven't really had a solidified forward line all year. Uh, so with this new one with Brent Brown, uh, Tom McDonald as well, hopefully it will mesh a little bit better uh, in the next four weeks. So, it's Interesting you say that. Um, I've had a very reputable source who knows his uh, AFL uh, logistics and statistics. Um, his name rhymes with Noel, but I won't uh, reveal his name. Noel Mailer? Um, Noel Mailer? Is there wrong with that? I'm not sure. Uh, but anyway, he's uh, pretty much said that. Melbourne will not make the top four. And you're $5 odds right now to miss the top four. Your next four games are Gold Coast away, which I wouldn't call an easy win, but I would back you in. Yep. Uh, West Coast away, I would call that a loss because West Coast home very strong. I would not call that a loss. I think uh, Geelong, I think you'd call that a loss. And then Crom, you've lost to them, although I think you win because they suck. But I, they think, have, I think we will win at least three of those games. I think you'd win minimum two. Like, so long as the only one I'm not sure about. I think you definitely win two. Three's not a stretch, but I think you definitely win two. Is that enough to make the top four, considering teams like Sydney are flying? Yeah. 
No, I don't see Sydney going in there. Um, I think we will win enough to definitely remain in the top four. I think it's more of a case of will we make top two uh, with that crucial game. Really? Yeah. In that, that crucial game in Geelong uh, to end the season, it's just going to be... It's going to be do or die for the top the top two spot. Uh, obviously, they've got the the wood on us in in recent times, and uh, they've got the points on us at the moment. Um, so, getting that win would just be absolutely crucial for us. I have to disagree because I think a team like Sydney could go four and zero. They play Gold Coast, they play North Melbourne, they play uh, St Kilda, and then they this week they play Essendon. I wouldn't be shocked if they win at least three of those, if not four. So. Yeah. I think that top four is wide open. I don't think Port Adelaide's at a certainty either. We've got to play Western Bulldogs at Marvel to end the season. Very um, tough game. Yeah, we've got GWS this week, which is not an easy game. That top four, I think, is wide open. So I think it's uh, going to come down to the last game, last round of the season. That last game, when Port teams. plays North and you play whoever you play that last game, it's going to be a very, very big last game uh, to decide that top four. All right, yeah. moving on with our rumour meal. Let's get on to our round 18 review. So, uh, Friday night game. Obviously, uh, I was watching it. I'm not gonna. I will keep this one pretty short. But poor get over the pies in the end. Uh, Collingwood put up a pretty good effort. I won't lie. Um, we've been saying it for a while. Collingwood aren't a bad team. Mm. Uh, top end talent. They're one of the best. And they put up a fight against Port, but Port's class prevailed in the end, purely thanks to Charlie Dixon. Yeah, yeah. I knew Charlie Dixon was going to dominate this game. Obviously, we both uh, put a little bit of money on him as well uh, for most. Four goals at four dollars. Thank you. So easy. And, uh, yeah, I just think due to the comments during uh, during the week from uh, a couple of journalists, uh, I think it was, I don't know, Ben Lake or Ben Luke or whatever his name is, um, he said something to do with Giannis, comparing Giannis to Dixon, uh, saying that he should incorporate more of that bully strategy. Um, really? Bully strategy in game. So as soon as I, I saw that, that, yeah, oh, really? That's the only reason I bet on him. So alarm bells were ringing. Uh, and I thought against Jordan Ruffhead, I really do rate Jordan Ruffhead, but if that's even his name, Jordan Ruffhead. It is. Um, sorry, so this, sorry, 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 sorry. So this journalist compared Charlie Dixon to Giannis Antetokounmpo. No, he said he should uh, adopt more of the bully ball like Giannis does and play like Giannis. Did you not hear this? So the same thing that everyone told Luke. Giannis. So this, oh, Cam Luke, yes, he's the guy who does the um, show with Adam Cooney. Yeah, the, um, Adam Cooney, yeah, that guy. The armchair expert. Um, so this guy has told... Charlie Dixon to adopt the Giannis thing, which he didn't even adopt until two years ago. Because every journalist told Giannis to adopt the Giannis thing. There you go. I'll send it to you. Yeah, hundred percent. Exact quote: Charlie Dixon should watch the NBA finals, in particular yesterday's game when Giannis had fifty, and see what you can do when you're a menacing bully. So that's as, the exact thing that everyone told Campbell. Giannis to do one year ago. Exactly right. So this Charlie time a year ago, we were bullying Giannis for this exact reason. Exactly. So Charlie Dixon, uh, I think that he's going to have a huge end to the season, and you guys are going to become a uh, real, like, a really tough game in the in the um, finals. And I think Charlie Dixon is going to put on an absolute masterclass for the last few games of the season. Well, uh, going by this, we are locked soon to be in twenty two finals, aren't we? Maybe soon to be in uh, Matt's multi as well, Charlie Dixon. Oh, they, I think Dixon's put himself in the right position to have a big tear to end, not just this reason, but. Todd Marshall's played himself into form. Yep. Mitch Georgiades has actually got the attention of coaches now. They got okay, yep. we actually have to body this guy. And who's going to benefit from this? It's going to be Charlie. So uh, I think it's going to no, be... more double teams, triple teams, quadruple teams. Exactly. six on him. Dare I say, he's like he's literally Shaquille O'Neal in 2001. He's getting, sh- he's getting 
packed nonstop. Yep. So uh, I think that this could be a great back end of the season for Charlie, and I bloody hope so for Port Adelaide. All right, um, next game we're going to review. They are my most hated team by far, and I hate everything about them, about the Dull Blues. If I could double hate them, I do. Um, their worst loss of the season. I've been a big North Melbourne fan all year, and I decide to go, no, I'm going to back Colton, even though I said it every time I back them, they lose, and they did it again. So Colton going to lose to North Melbourne, not just a little bit. They got rolled. They got absolutely smashed by them. And more even than the score says, the score suggests. So um, it was, North Melbourne only really broke away in the last half of the third quarter and the fourth quarter. Um, but they were just outplayed in that class all game. And it was just that that midfield um, of North Melbourne, Ben Cunnington, Jed Anderson coming back, Josh Simpkin, Taron Thomas chucked in there. And what a start. Uh, LDU as well. The, all, all those guys against just like a Sam Walsh, Paddy Dow, Matt Kennedy-driven team. Just doesn't work. Like Sam Walsh obviously has been fantastic all year and will continue to be fantastic for many years to come. Uh, but with those two players in Dow and um, – Oh, you've already – you just changed your William Player of the Week live Man. on the show. Giving on. Um yeah, with uh, Paddy Dow and Matt Kennedy, who are both in the twos. Matt Kennedy even delisted at the start of the season uh, by Carlson. Uh, yes. Those come, those two inexperienced players coming into the team, and they were just always going to get bullied by the midfield, and that's exactly what happened. So, Taron Thomas with four goals, uh, and the entire North Melbourne midfield just took over and dominated. So, yeah, great win by North Melbourne. Uh, Suvlaki with seven goals, really put it on Weeders, probably the, the only player to dominate Weeders like that ever, uh, or since he's really become like, who he is as a defender. Uh, so, huge, huge game from the guy with the best nickname in the comp. Easily, Suv. Suv lucky. But uh, I've been saying this for a while with North Melbourne. They, I said at the start of the year, I said, look, they're probably the worst team, and I understand why people are backing them in to be the worst team, but they have enough talent to not be the worst team. And they, for the last 10 weeks, I would say, if you take out the first uh, pre-buy, they're a really good football team. Yeah. Any team that goes in with two key forwards playing key defenders is going to be in a bit of trouble. And Suvalaki is, this is true, and the, for any AFL player in his first 50 games to have five-plus goals. Saw this. Suv has three. Nick Revolt, one. Jonathan Brown, one. Josh Kennedy, zero. Suv's going to be a real star. I think he's Mitch, going to be Mitch fan. McGovern has three. Does he? Just yeah, but I uh, no offense to the old Mitch McGovern, but he <laughs> was the fourth choice in that forward line. So uh, he was getting the fourth best defender every single time. Has uh, taken him nine and a half years to get fifty games as well. So that's a big component. Um, <laughs> but yes, no regards. I think North Melbourne is going to be a great team, and uh, poor Cunnington. He was a no, Cunnington is the best player in the AFL in traffic, bar none. So I'm very oh, Clary. No, no, bar none. Ben Cunnington is the best player in AFL in traffic, bar none. So it's a real shame to see him leave that North Melbourne team, which looked like they were building towards something. And I think next yeah. year they're going to be a real, I'm not saying top four, top eight, but they're going to be, they might push for that top eight team. I think they're going to be in uh, a seven to 10 team next year for North Melbourne. So uh, I think they're going to be like the, the years gone by of the Swans, just very, very difficult to beat. Yeah, not so much up there on the ladder. So 
sort of, yeah, hover, hovering, in my opinion, hovering that sort of 10 to 13 spot. Um, but, yeah, just really pushing teams and, and making it a really hard to win. But could sneak enough games before you know what to be in that top eight, 100%. Um, goes. Moving on to the next game. Uh, this game was a interesting one. A half time, I thought, or three, uh, sorry, quarter time, I thought it was over. And then Brisbane go and kick 11 goals unanswered. One of the most amazing turnarounds in a game of football I think I've ever seen. Unbelievable. 11 goals unanswered. 87 points second half. Have you ever seen a goal? Points. Have you ever seen a game with 87 points turnaround or an 11 goal unanswered? Have you ever seen 11 goals unanswered? That's ridiculous. Just, I didn't watch the game too fair, uh, but I saw it half time and I was like, wow, maybe I really should have taken the Suns uh, line in Matt's multi. Uh, As but did I. I didn't, I didn't, and I was kicking myself and. Then, wow, just Brisbane just showed their class and, and just kicked, yeah, as you said, 11 unanswered and 87 points in the second half uh, with no Eric Hipwood, obviously, Lincoln McCarthy really stepping up. Uh, but, yeah, just un- unbelievable. So hats off to Brisbane, massive win. Uh, and shout out to the Sunnies. They've been going pretty well lately. So And Jeremy Sharp, been very, very good lately as well. I, I, I'd take nothing away from Gold Coast this game. They played a stellar first half. Uh, but obviously the class of Brisbane prevailed. And, yeah, to finish the game, it was since the halftime break, Saint, uh, sorry, Gold Coast Suns kicked one uh, one goal five wow. to Brisbane's, uh, what's that, four, five, six, seven, 13 goals four. Ridiculous. Unreal pretty, straight shooting as well. It's pretty nuts for a team who doesn't kick straight. But um, yeah, exactly. it's one of, I wanna, this is actually one thing I nearly put in the rumor mill, and I'll have, bring, I'll have to bring it up now. With Gold Coast especially, but there's plenty of other teams I could name the five. We go, wow, Jeremy Sharp, he played a great game. He's played two great games now since Brendan Ellis has gone out. Yeah. Do we call it a great game? Because he's literally in these positions where no one gives a fuck. We're willing to let you take these uncontested marks. We want you to take those uncontested marks. We want you to fill the back half, back flank when you've got literally no one and you're switching and switching again to try and try and find an option. Yeah. Are we over, 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 oh, no, um, well, I don't know what I'm after. We're, we're trying, exaggerating, we're, yeah. yeah. Over exaggerating the fact that he had 31 touches and Brendan Ellis has done it all year. Are we over, and there's plenty of players in the NFL who do this. So no disrespect to Gold Coast or Sharp or Ellis, but there's plenty of players. Are we overselling the fact that these players look great on the box score, but they're not really doing anything at all? I think that sort of ball movement and that uncontested marking game is really important to the Suns, who who really are a team who needs to be leveled out, uh, especially with all the youth in their team. They just need to, like a little break and, and time to take their time and move the ball out the field and be methodical with it. Uh, and they, they just haven't had that. So I think p- providing that is really important. Uh, instead of getting it in, in players' hands that are going to make a bad decision, just running guns. So I think that is actually really important and it shows sort of Jeremy Sharp's class and ability and also the trust that the players have in him uh, to give him the ball so many times, uh, obviously because he has that class and he's shown that in training in the last year or so. Oh, I don't disagree, but the fact that Gold Coast had 10 players have over five marks and some of these players are David Swallow, Took Miller, uh, we're talking players who aren't your standard mark and you want the ball in their hands players. David Swallow is a contested field player. We don't want yep. the ball in his hands. We want the ball. We want him on the floor handballing it out. So I find that interesting with that. And Fiorini as well, 
very well noted that he can't use any sort of disposal efficiency. That's why he's been dropped plenty of times in his career. So yeah. I find that interesting with the Gold Coast. Anyway, moving on. Let's not stay on that. Onto the ta- top of the table clash. Your demons. The doggies top the table after beating your boys down. A great game by the Bulldogs. And you guys, to be fair, you showed early in the game. I thought, oh, boy. Oh, shit. Here we go. But you showed some resilience and you showed some merit. But doggies prevailed. What can I say other than free kick Western Bulldogs? Oh, anyway, on to uh, Are you Geelong. Kidding? Make it Are easy. you kidding? Make it easy work of the Tigers. Yeah, it's oh. a long, unbelievable win. Oh, shut uh, up. Shut up. No, You're not was, saying free kick. No, it, it was like the free kick discrepancy just from watching it was actually ridiculous. Are you um, kidding? No, it was. It was really bad. I've had Dog, you come to me and say that. You, you can't be doing this. I've had multiple non-Demons fans come to me and say that. So Nobody cares. Uh, but yeah, regardless, we would have lost it even if the free kick was uh, – the free kicks were more evened out. It was 25 It was really 11. just – what's that? The free kick count was 25 to 11. Yeah, I know. Like, literally got pumped in free kicks. Um, but regardless, they were the better team on the night. They lost Alex wow. Keith. They lost um, Josh wow. Bruce um, for a little bit of there. And we should have just capitalised on both of those losses for them. But we just couldn't. And they uh, they did what every team should do against the Demons. And that's bring the ball um, to ground inside 50. And it's the it easy way to beat us. The end. It paid off in the end, didn't it? Yeah, it did. So just bring the ball inside 50, uh, bring the ball ground, sorry, inside 50, and you'll win against the Demons. It's that easy. We just have no players to come and scoop it up. We're dead last in uh, ground ball gets inside the back 50, uh, and we just can't do any sort of pressure when the ball's on the ground in the back 50. So we're a purely intercept marking team and spoiling team when it comes to the the uh, opponents inside 50 work. And if, you, if we're not allowed, to, if we can't do that, then it's all over, so... Yep, unlucky, uh, unlucky with the free kicks, but we were, weren't the better top side on the night. So, yeah, on to the next. Did that? Hurt, did that hurt to say? No, not really. Just the truth. Any any tears? No, I had a few a few sherbets that night, so you sort of uh, soften the blow. That's all right. Yeah, I'll, a few I'll enemies. Your, I'll post your uh, enemies. Well, fine. Um, I'll post your tears on the. Uh, YouTube video. Anyway, moving Very on real. to the next uh, review. No, that's it. Actually, no, we got one more. Geelong make easy work of the Tigers. Let me bring this up because it was our uh, Brown Bets bet of the week. We tipped the Geelong Tigers, uh, Geelong Tigers, Geelong Cats to beat the Tigers, sorry, by yep. I think the line was, what, 17 we got them out? Yeah, Maybe 16 and a half. 16, something like 17, that. something like that. And they ended up flogging them. We took that pretty easy. We're pretty comfortable with that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. No, I, I don't understand why the line was so little. Uh, Tigers without Dusty, they were never going to do anything against Geelong. Geelong were pissed that it wasn't in GMHBA, so they were always going to come out firing with something to prove. And over the last eight, nine weeks, they've been the best team in the comp pretty pretty much hands down. So Very absolutely easily. flying. Yeah, they're absolutely flying at the moment. Their back line, uh, even though it seems undermanned, you, can't, you probably couldn't really name their back six uh, as a solid back six. Um, but no, players like uh, Liam Henry really, really was it Jack Henry? Oh, what else? Uh, Jack Henry, Liam Henry, easy to get confused. Tom Yates, easy to get confused. Um, but yeah, uh, players like him and Tom Stewart really stepping up um, really just shows what they're all about. They're all about that sort of team, uh, team back uh, defending work, 
uh, and ability for players like Reese Stanley to even go back and blitz halves to uh, affect the marking contest, even though he's one of the most useless players in the AFL. Uh, just really shows you, shows you what a great team and great system Geelong is, and that's why they've been at the top of the table for so many years. So a uh, great win from Geelong, and, yeah, they're really going to be um, scary come finals. So No, I completely agree. Uh, two things on Jack Henry. Uh, number one, I think he makes all-Australian 40-man squad right yes. now. I don't think Likewise. he makes the final squad, but I think he's definitely a 40-man squad. He's been spectacular for Geelong and uh, 100%. Without him, they're not anywhere near where they should be right now. So um, he's definitely a 40-man squad player. And number two on Jake Henry, two things. Our good friend, Thomas Yates, literally – I just want to highlight this. He, Our friend, Tom Yates, sat there and watched the whole entire game of Geelong. He just, and like, let me give some background here. This man bets on every single game of football. No, there is. not game of football. Bets on anything that is avail- has an available market. Yeah, and, like, and we're not saying he's just a gambling addict. He just loves his sport. And this bloke, any, any gambling addict, but he literally, <laughs> he literally watched the whole entire game of – football thinking oh my god jack why won't henry kick a goal realizing cheering jack henry on for a goal when he had two set shots as well realizing he was on the wrong henry and after the henry from Fremantle, which was two weeks ago to kick a goal so um no words for his discrepancy anyway moving on on to our uh, winger player of the weeks i'm gonna go first because i've had a quick change i had brian fianarini as my uh player of the week all week and he deserves it but i changed at last minute because i don't know i just think this guy's more deserving well, this guy but, got the win as well and i love this guy taron thomas he's my winger player of the week i said about two weeks ago, I really like this kid. He's a great player. And I, I told a couple of players on uh, Clark, actually. For, uh, sorry, McMurray in our draft oh, team. Your in, in our draft league. I told, McMurray, I told McMurray in our draft league to pick him up because he was a good pickup. He goes, he kicks three goals. And he backs it up the next week with four goals, 23 touches, 12 contested possessions, and a great game. Tarrant Thomas oh, is man. a star in the making. And he was the one player that everyone would thought in that top 10, a top 10 of draft picks for that 2015. No, it wasn't nowhere near that early. Uh, it was the same draft as Rosie in the King Twins. I think it was oh, 2018, was it? yeah. Uh, 2018, that oh. draft, he was the forgotten one because Bailey Smith was next to him and there was Chase Jones before him. He was yeah. the forgotten one in that group and he's going to be a star of the competition. I think he's going to be a fantastic player, Taron Thomas. And uh, he's finally... Finally showing his potential, and I think we're only at the tip. He's going to get a lot. We're only, we're only just there. He's going to be a real star of this team, it's a real star of the competition, and he's going to take the competition by storm. So, Taron Thomas, Definitely. you are my uh, player of the week this week. Go on, Doug. Yeah, well yours. done. Who, who would have thought Taron Thomas would be a winger player of the week? I definitely wouldn't have. But his form lately is just really warranted that of and, uh, player of the week. So, real, real quick, keep him in your back pocket. As a first pick next year, not a first pick, but a, uh, a uh, if you're playing classic in AFL fantasy, as a first round pick next year in AFL fantasy, I think he's going to be around that 500k mark and he's going to be playing a lot more midfielding, kicking goals as we've seen. So keep him in your back pocket for if you're playing AFL fantasy next year. Don't mind that. Do you reckon he'll have uh, DPP as well? Or? Uh, potentially, but I think you're going to be about a 520k player, maybe forward Huge. and midfield. And forwards, we know they're dime, they're dime a dozen. Yep, that's invaluable. 
no, great choice for your winger player of the week. I liked both of your choices, uh, even the one you ch- uh, end up changing to. Uh, but no, a player who I've, I've been uh, really keeping a keen eye on for the last probably probably 10 weeks of the season. Uh, he came up into the Port team and he's just a little little redhead boy. Uh, I thought he was just going to be some sort of tagger that they were deploying or something like that. Uh, but no, turns out he's actually a big body midfielder and he can win, win plenty of the pills. So that's Willem Drew. So unreal game on the weekend. Had uh, 32 touches, 20 of them contested. Huge. Um, huge. Five tackles. He was everywhere across the ground. Great. Uh, disposal efficiency and was just huge in um, aiding Lock- uh, aiding uh, Travis Boak and Ollie Wines in the contest. And I think he's the great sort of third pillar to that midfield. And he's really proven himself this season from a player who was playing Sample earlier in the year. Uh, he's really come up and proved he's definitely right in the mix for that best 22 uh, and definitely in the starting midfield as well. So now I went on to Willem Drew, uh, my winning player of the week. No, I'm happy you said it because if I said it, I would have got absolutely roasted. But I have to agree. Absolutely. Willem Drew has been an integral part of this uh, play play midfield all year. And the thing with Willem Drew is he's no – this isn't a surprise. We drafted him, I think, pick 30 or pick 20. Like it was early in the draft enough. Uh, I think it was 2016. He wow. was early enough pick in 2016, which is a long time ago, and he – grinded it out in the in the sample for a few years there at least what four years minimum yeah. he's been building for this we've and we've given him contracts knowing like we want this kid we know this kid's going to be good we do not want to lose him so he's grinded it out and now he's gone to the position where he's ready to strike and he has he'll probably get three brown low votes for that game he was yeah, fantastic 100%. he's an integral part of this team in a team that you didn't think needed any more contestable winners so uh, well done to uh, Willem Drew. I love your work, mate. All right, moving on to our wing at tip-off. Now, I have no results on the wing at tip-off uh, ledger because I'm going to wait till Dog is back in Adelaide. Uh, but You're actually, I can tell you that it's disgusting because Cam's in front by a lot. No, but, um, I think I'm smashing it. Dogger, I'm, I'm flying. So, oh, okay. so I'm literally... only, But I'm 20 points ahead of you in the tipping competition. That's what I'm just looking at now. Well, anyway, uh, we only started this about uh, three weeks ago, and I've actually closed the ledger to about eight or ten. So wow, nine, nine. There you go. So right in the middle. Anyway, I'm flying. I've only got two I'm, tips. I've only got two I'm tips. Eight wrong. ahead of seconds. So I've only got two tips wrong in the last two weeks. So anyway, moving wow. on. You I'm got two flying. tips wrong last week. So wow, there you I'm, go. Exactly. I'm flying. I got nine, nine the week before. So we're flying. All right. Hey, wait for it. Friday night, well, tomorrow night, this is – we haven't decided our bet on the week, do you? And yeah. I think I know what I like, though. It's the one we were talking about just before we started recording. I've got one ab- above all. So I'm going to leave this one to go. But anyway, St. Kilda are 12.5-point favourites taking on Colton. I think St. Kilda win this. I think St. Kilda cover, and I think it's very easy for St. Kilda. Yeah, I think St. Kilda win here quite easily. Uh, I'd be, definitely be taking that line. You don't know what Carlton's going to easily show up. cover that line. I don't give a fuck about Charlie Kernow back. I don't give yeah, a fuck neither. about any of the ins or outs. Charlie Kernow's not ready. Nothing about Carlton's good. They suck. St. Kilda's but, line, smash it. They were doubting whether Charlie Kernow would run again like six to eight months ago. Exactly. Like, now he's going to change the team. Run. And now, yeah, now he's going to come in and be that same dynamic player he was two, two and a half years ago. Oh, and no, 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 no. Not that he was. 
that we maybe thought he could be. Yeah, he was for one or two games. I remember that game against the Bulldogs, he had five goals. He's never um, been anything. He's a potential. No. Yeah, he's fully fully built on potential. But I think, yeah, Saints really need this win. Uh, they'll come back, they'll win it. Uh, minus 12 and a half, easy money, I reckon. And you look at St. Kilda's ins. Hunter Clark, Jack Higgins, Highmore and Marshall. They are four best 22 players and Marshall, Clark and Higgins are probably best 10. So, and their record with Marshall is just like unfathomable. He is the absolute. And he unlocks them massively. And we've been saying it for a long time. And I think Marshall against that Collingwood team, uh, sorry, that Cohen team. Oh boy, I think Marshall might pick the fuck out. Mm. So and, if, and Max King hitting some serious form at the moment as well. So who knows where he can do in this Carlton team that gave up seven goals to Sublaki last week. So exactly. So I'll be I'll be smashing that St Kilda line. I think that's well under. I think they win by thirty points for me. All right, uh, next game, Bulldogs take on the Crom in Ballarat. Crows, last time I checked, were paying $10. Can you believe it or not? Wow. Uh, so 37.5-point line is the line for Bulldogs. Can't see Bulldogs uh, winning by anything less. Yeah, not wrong. I think this line's under, if anything. Uh, Me too. I think it's 50-point line. But the only reason it wouldn't be anything uh, more than this is potentially due to the weather in Ballarat. I think it's going to be freezing. It's always really, really uh, 11, windy there as well. 11.30, the game. 11.50, uh, the game. It's a nice early one. 11, oh, very, very early. Very uh, early. But, yeah, so very, very windy. Uh, it will be nice and fresh out there. I think Bulldogs will easily win this. Uh, depending on the weather, I'd definitely be taking the line. Uh, but the Crows have shown they're one of the worst teams in the competition uh, over the last sort of 12 weeks. So, yeah, I think Bulldogs, Dunkley back. It's going to be huge yep. for my fantasy and huge for the Bulldogs. So, no, nah, get prepared for a, a big, big Bulldogs win. I think you'll be hailing sideways and, and Bulldogs will go out there smiling. So, they're the and top team. And also, Crom scored their lowest score of the season, lowest score ever this season. Wouldn't be surprised if they went and did it again. Is that a hot wing? I like it. Potentially. You know what? I'm going to click this. Slap for me to click this. I love that. I think Crows may just go on. Yeah, you know what? I'm not going to steal your thunder, but I think Crows may do their, their lowest score of the year. I love that. Yeah, it was a bad voice crack. That wasn't it, but I love that. All right, moving on to the next game. Shut up. Um, North Melbourne in Tasmania take on the Geelong Cats. Geelong are 31 and a half point favorites. I think that line seems about right because North are, they're North. But Geelong are flying. Um, yeah. Grind Myers has a fractured leg. Uh, really? Yeah, out for the season potentially. Sure. Um, but I don't think it's going to hinder them too much. No. Um, I couldn't take out as well. Yeah, I'll get out too. I couldn't take a line here because I think 31 looks dead on. So uh, I'll tip the Cats, but I couldn't take a line. Yeah, I'll be tipping the Cats in this one. But I think North easily covered that line. I think it would actually be a relatively close game. Uh, the Cats haven't really been blowing too many teams out. They blew um, la- uh, last week. They blew Richmond out, obviously, uh, and the week before that, they had uh, a pretty lackluster Frio team. Uh, and early in the year, they they blew out a Blues team that scored like sixteen behinds or something like that. So they haven't really been dominating teams as such, uh, dominating the scoreboard a little bit. But this North team is going to come to play, uh, and I think they're going to lay the, the pressure on them. It's going to be a really really intense game. Uh, but I don't see the Cats winning by 30-plus. I see them winning sort of, yeah, sort of by maybe 25, sort of 20 to 25 regions. So 
I would have smashed that line for North Melbourne if I didn't know that Ben Cunnington was out. I think he's too integral to that team. So, anyway, on to the next Saturday afternoon game. I've got TBA here. I don't know if it's been confirmed since I wrote this this morning. It has. It's a Metricon. It's a Metricon. There you go. So, Gold Coast take on Melbourne Suns. Uh, Melbourne Suns. Jeez, uh, Melbourne Demons in Suns in the Gold Coast. Um, Melbourne win. I don't. What's the yeah. line at? Do we know what the line's at? It'll be about minus 27 and a half. Yeah, I'll take Melbourne to win that pretty comfortably. Yeah, I'll take Melbourne to win it pretty comfortably, but I don't know. The way we're going at the moment, we're just struggling to find any sort of um, form in terms of our goal kicking. Uh, as 25 Cam's and a half it is, sorry. It is. I was pretty close. Uh, as yes. Cam hinted on before, they're, they're sort of struggling with the goal kicking. So if we can use this game just to get it right and just get our forward structure correct and our um, interchange right with our forwards then I think it would be absolutely huge come the end of the season. And I think that's what they're going to use this game as. So just a game to get the forwards going right. Uh, but I'll take the Demons to win this one, obviously. But we'll see how we go. It's a, it's a bit of a hard one to tell on the, the scoreline. So. Oh, I will hammer that Melbourne 25.5-point line. In fact, that might be my favourite bet of the week. Wow. Uh, yeah, 100%. On to the next Saturday, uh, Saturday night game. Five games on Saturday. It's a big card. Uh, Love it. Collingwood taking on West Coast in the MCG. And your favourite boys, the West Coast Eagles, are 7.5-point favourites. This game has intrigued me all week. I'm thinking Collingwood. I'm thinking West Coast. I'm thinking Collingwood. And I tipped Collingwood. And then I thought, no, West Coast have to win. And I've been here before with this guys, and they've ruined me. But I'll be taking the Eagles. Collingwood will win this easy. They have to bounce back against uh, wow. a, a bad loss last week. Uh, I don't knock you for that before. at all. So Collingwood will win this one. I'd be taking their line nine and a half quite comfortably. They're just going to push Eagles. Eagles are going to be ta- like just pissed off because they can't go out for a walk and get a coffee in Melbourne. Um, so they'll be having to cry about something, whatever it is, who knows? They won't have soft enough towels in the hotel room or something like that. So Simo will find something. I know he always does. So, uh, but no, I'll, I'll definitely be taking Collingwood this one. I reckon they'll just smash the Eagles. All the Eagles players just don't give a fuck anymore. Uh, and I don't think they'll make the finals. I said that at the start of the season, and I will say it again. Well, I think the punters are green because at the time of uh, my notes, they were nine and a half points, and now they're into seven and a half. So Collingwood are getting some traction. Anyway, Essendon and Sydney. Now, this one's an intriguing game. 18.5 point favourites are the Sydney Swans. However, the game's not in Melbourne. I thought it'd be at Docklands. It is in Metricon. So, yep. I, however, it doesn't change my tip. I'm going with the Bombers here. And wow, don't yep, mind it. I'm going with the Bombers here because uh, I think there's an upset brewing. Uh, yep. There's always an upset every week. And I think Sydney, to win five in a row is a big ask. I don't think they can go five in a row. And this takes nothing away from Sydney. I think it's just timing, unfortunately. Essendon with a loss last week. They should have probably not a loss. They should have won that game last week. They know they have to win this game for any any contention of finals. So I think uh, Essendon, and even though I hate Essendon and they're young kids, God damn, I hate them. But I think Essendon will win this game, um, not comfortably, but I'll be taking Essendon's line and them to win. Yeah, I'm going to be taking Sydney in this game. Uh, I think they will do the job at Metricon. Uh, they've really, really struggled at Metricon in the past. Not last week, though, against the Dockers. That they absolutely smashed them. So, uh, But no, I think Essendon are going to come pretty pretty close in this game. This Essendon-Sydney uh, game has always been very close over the past years. Um, so no, I'll, I'll be taking Sydney in this one, but I think it will be quite a close game. So I'll take Essendon line as well. Yeah, no, like that too. All right, now moving to the next game. 
interesting one. Hawks and Brisbane. I don't know why, but I find this I find this interesting. Brisbane are 28 and a half point favorites. And I find that kind of low for a top four yeah, side coming against a bottom two side. Let's be real. Hawks on the bottom two, aren't they? Yes, they are. Yep. So 28 and a half is low. They might even be last after that Crows loss. I think they might be last. Uh, um, North Melbourne are coming. No, no, no. North Melbourne is still last, but they are they're uh, but coming. They're tied last with. Yeah, oh, I think that I think that draw fucked things up. But um, they're, they're coming. Either, for... I'm pretty sure that no, they both had a draw. So I'm pretty sure they're last. They are. They're both tied last by nine percent yeah. difference. So we're talking. Yeah. We're talking a wooden spooners taking on a team who literally just dropped outside the top four last weekend. So yeah. It's intriguing that it's only 28 and a half point margin, but I'm, I kind of get it. I'm going to be taking Brisbane in this one, and I'm going to be taking that line, I think, very comfortably. So I as you're saying, agree. Top, top four caliber side, premiership contender somewhat, and against the bottom team, only 28 and a half points when you look at the Bulldogs, 36.5 favorites. Um, yeah, I think Brisbane will absolutely smash them in this if. If that last half is anything to go off as a form line, I exactly. think it's going to absolutely smash them. So exactly. when you're on like that, you've got the confidence. Your confidence is sky high. You know you can go out and beat the team. And if they know that, that they can go out and win the first half, then they're going to absolutely smash the game. So yeah, I couldn't agree more. So I think Brisbane win this. And I tapped that line so well. They will lose that last uh, 60 minutes of game time last week as an absolute form line and demolish them, I think. All right, sure. on to the next one. In Queensland. But JWS take on Port Adelaide, uh, 12 and a half point favourites Port. Um, I'm taking Port and I'll take our line. I think we beat JWS pretty well. Yeah, I'm going to take Port and take your line. I think last week they had to really dig deep against Essendon uh, and pull out a gutsy performance. What? Collingwood. Oh, JWS, sorry. My bad, sorry. Yeah, I think last week they had to, as I'll say it again, uh, without any interruption this time, sorry, I think man. GWS last week really had to dig deep and pull out a win against Essendon because uh, they needed the win. Uh, and I think they're just going to be – they played their grand final last week, as, as we normally say. So yeah. uh, I, I don't okay. see them doing it again. I think Port at minus 12.5, I think that's a fantastic line, uh, and I'd definitely be taking that. I think that's a, just a bad line. So, yeah, I'll take Port minus 12.5. I think this is the most uh, – well, this will be the best Port team we've seen all year. Yeah, uh, right back. Razio back and no outs. Obviously, we'll have a out once the teams are released, but it's only going to be a Wood, Wilcock, or you know, where's uh, rotation? You're playing with 23 players, no outs. One of those rotational players, so um, it, no forced outs. I mean, so it's yeah. a fantastic sign for Port and Robbie Gray coming back in a couple of weeks. So uh, fantastic for Port. All right, moving on to our last game of the year. Stop laughing, my voice crack again. Um, I don't know why. I fucking did puberty. I hit puberty yesterday, apparently. I've been waiting twenty. Mustache, I believe. I've been waiting twenty-one years. So about time it hit. Um, on to our last game of the round. Now this game might be the most intriguing game of the rounds. I've tossed and turned this game all week. Fremantle take on Richmond. Fremantle in Perth are not a bad side. Anywhere away from Perth, shit house. In Perth, they're not bad, and they are nine-point underdogs against Richmond Tigers without half their team. I'm going to take the Tigers here because you should never back against a Warrior team. I don't care where it is. And when you take out Nat Fife and Mickey Walters, I think Richmond win. Dogger? Yeah, I'm going to be taking Richmond in this one quite easily. I'll be taking that line as well. I think the line um, seems low. It's a tough yeah, game. I totally low. get I totally get the line. 
But Richmond like, play well in, at Optus Stadium. They always they have play that. well. They've travelled well for five years. Yeah, like uh, at Optus earlier this year against the Eagles, they uh, they only lost the last quarter to lose the game. Um, and obviously, Dreamtime in Perth, they absolutely smashed Essendon. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll be taking the Tigers in this one quite easily. Frio, as you said, lost half their team, lost their two main game winners. Um, and yeah, I think they're really going to struggle against a good uh, good Tigers outfit, a good Tigers system uh, that's always been getting around for the last sort of four or five years. So, I agree. All right, that's our review and uh, sorry, our preview and our wing tip off done. Now on to the Brown Bets bet of the week. Brown Bats bet of the week. Um, Dog and I haven't discuss this and I'm just going to go off my own bat here because every time I've chosen someone to win they've won and Douglas chosen two and for losses so anyway our brown bats bet of the week we got we're in the Olympics we're going with the Olympic spirit oh so, Olympics one yeah we got the Olympic spirit so for our oh, brown sorry. bats bet of the week we are going with a market that's happening tomorrow and uh oh I can't confirm it's tomorrow it's sometime soon um <laughs> anyway I think it's tomorrow is okay. it tonight uh, nothing. As long as it's not I think, it's, I think it's actually Saturday. Anyway, okay, that's good. I think the final Saturday, but you have to get bets on real soon because the odds will change. But anyway, going with the women's, we're going with the swimming because Australia has been dominating in the pool, and as we should, but we've been dominating it this year more than most. So, going with our swimming in the Olympics tomorrow, we're going with Kate Campbell to beat Emma McKeon, another great Australian, two-time gold medalist, having a blinder of a year. However, I think she's done too much swimming now, and she showed that in the relay today, that she's fatigued, and yeah. rightly so. So we're yeah, going rightly with so. Rightly so. So we're going with Kate Campbell to win the women's 50-meter freestyle at $2.88. We're going to put 20 bucks on that, a nice, just a little juicy one, just to see that, because I think $2.88 is too, too high. She was at $3.10 moments ago, and since I refreshed, she's in the $2.88. So, Kate Campbell, $2.88 to win the women's 50-meter freestyle. You get on ASAP before she tops her heats because then it will go drifted out. It will, sorry, shorten into who knows what. Considering yesterday, uh, Stubblecock or Stubble T. Cook, whatever his name is, he was, $3, he was $3.10 before the heats, and then he went into the whole 50 before his race. So I think Kate Campbell, $2.88, get on. Huge. Don't mind it at all. Brown match better of the week. Get on. Gamble that is it. Now on to your thing that no one should ever, ever touch. Matt's Always multi. gamble responsibly on. Matt's multi. I've already put it on this week. I'm very, very keen on it. Whatever. So this week, we're going we're going with one that we were loving just in the wing at tip-off then. Saints minus 12 and a half points. Love it. Love Carlton it. Love on it. Friday night. Will it end on Friday who knows? Matt's multi. Go at it again another week. Don't expect a good result and hopefully we'll get one. So hopefully we'll blow our expectations out of the water. Uh, I did have Sydney 1-39 to here, but since the game was moved to Metricon, it's really thrown me off. So I don't think Sydney uh, are a lock to win that one. So I'm going to get on Saints minus 12.5. I think it's unders. And okay. then for the next leg, I'm going to go with Charlie Dixon three goals. We spoke about it before. Giannis. <laughs> He needs to be a bullying menace, as Cam Luke said. So he should um, be. And I think he's going to be that. He, he had four goals last week um, against a, a good Pies outfit, and he's going to have three goals this week, um, I think, against a, um, a sort of lackluster GWS back line. They don't really have that key defender. They've got Phil Davis, but I think he's a bit underdone a bit. Um, are you taking Snapchat to send to girls during Matt's multi? Yeah. 
All right, that's shocking. Um, <laughs> no, not plural girls, just girl. Um, shout out to Caitlin. Uh, kind of there. Um, and yeah, so uh, Dix Charlie Dixon, three goals. I think he's going to be a bullying menace, like Cam Luke said. Uh, and then the last leg is going to be uh, Jaden Short for 25 touches. So the Frio Dockers have been given up so many touches to um, Backman in recent weeks. Uh, I think they're going to continue to do that. And uh, Jaden Short, 25 touches at a dollar eighty. I do love it. So Matt's multi this week, ten dollars thirty nine without a boost. That's, That's huge. huge. That is huge. So do not mind it whatsoever. Get First on, leg. gamble responsibly, and it's going to be Saints minus twelve and a half line. Dixon three goals. Jaden Short twenty five touches. Gamble responsibly. How confident are you this week? I have no confidence. My confidence is lost. What's your uh, ratio or record right now? Uh, I believe it's O and twenty. You'd be correct. All right, now moving on. Let's get the fuck off that. Um, well, that's it. Plus that one week I did two, so like even more. I'm just being nice. Anyway, that's it. Let's move on to our hot wings. Now the hot wings have changed up. We hot wings. We've always gone with a separate bet, cool hot wing. We've always tried to make it our own thing, um, but we've changed it. Last week, I, thought, I hope you liked what you listened to with the segment based idea for the hot wing, and we're going to move forward with that. So no more Dogger and I doing our own thing. We might do our own thing depending on the week, but. Um, we're going to choose one topic to really discuss, and we want to hear your opinion. So uh, anyone who's listening on Instagram and uh, through sorry, through Spotify and on Instagram right now, I want to hear in the comments what you think. So, Dogger, take it away. You're hobbling for this week. I was thinking about this the other day, uh, obviously prior to him uh, getting injured, uh, but he's hailed as one of the, he was hailed as one of the best players in the comp, uh, now out for the season, unfortunately. He's never led his team to anything great or he led them to one grand final. Uh, and I wouldn't say he led. No, it was a very, very defensive Ross line led uh, Frio team that had really strong defensive systems in place. Um, but that's Nat Fife. And I'm thinking, is he even a top 25 player in the AFL? It's a great we're, talking about, we're talking about a two-time Brownlow medalist right here. And one of the star players of the comp. Now, people might bring up the argument, yeah, he plays out West. If he was playing Victoria, everyone would hail him as a top 10 player. I don't see players like that. That doesn't really bother me. I don't mind whatsoever. Um, but Nat Fife, I do not think, is a top 25 player. I'll name some of the players just off the top of the head uh, that I think are better than him. So, Bontepelli, Sam Walsh, Ollie Wines, Dustin Martin, Tom Grant, uh, sorry, Toby Green, uh, Jack Steele, uh, Clayton Oliver, Petrarca, Took Miller, Max Gorn, Brody Grundy, um, Lockie Neal, Jared, Ro- Jared Lyons, Tyler Adams, um, Tom Mitchell, Tom Stewart, uh, Darcy Parrish, um, Tim Taranto. That's just off the top of the head. There's plenty. You could have that. I just, there. Randomly, I, plenty. I just randomly named, what's that? I think 18 players. Yeah. Uh, just off of the top of the oh, Dangerfield. Um, I could go through so many. Yeah. Uh, but that's purely what I think off the top of the head. So I'm thinking, I'm wondering for you guys sitting at home, how far down right now of a player is Nat Fife on your rankings in the AFL? 
So it, you'd, I think you'd really interest yourself by doing like sort of a top 50 players in the AFL, yeah. uh, especially if you're bored, not in lockdown, uh, mostly across the country, but uh, potentially if you're in Sydney at the moment. But if you just do a top 50 list, where does Nat Fife rank in that? I really, at the moment, based on current form over the last couple of years, um, I don't see him any, anywhere near that 20, top 25. So, No, I agree. And I, I love putting in the comments, give me your top 50 because – now, there's not many players who I can think of who would be a two-time Brownlow medalist at this stage in their career who isn't a top 10 player. I mean, yep. off the top of my head, I go, all right, two-time Brownlow medalists. I'm thinking Adam Goods. I'm thinking Chris Judd. I'm thinking Chris, uh, uh, Chris Judd. I'm thinking Rob, Robert Harvey. I'm thinking, she's we're clutching at straws as it is yeah, already. There's not many. It's there is not many. It's a very elite list. It's in a very elite list. Adam Goods was always a star. Judd, Harvey, uh, Ablett, they're stars. Yeah. And Nat Fife has led his team, well, was a participant in his team to a grand final, which they lost and then won nothing since and has not even made finals since really. So great discussion. I'd love to hear your comments about where you rate Nat Fife because for me, I put him at about 35 and that's just a guess. Wow. And do you disagree with any of the players I mentioned over here? No, and I could think another 10 to add to it. Yep. I think all the Bulldogs midfield as well. So Adam Trelaw, yep. um, I don't know if Dunkley. I mentioned Tyler Adams as well. Uh, Dunkley, McRae, uh, even Liver. I think the fact that I can yep. probably make an argument that Liver has been better than Nat Fife for the last couple of years is ridiculous. So it just shows right. sort of how far he's Literally fallen or maybe great. how much we overrated him in the past. So I think it's a great discussion topic. So let us know in the comments on Instagram or on YouTube or, or anywhere. So. Completely agree. Zach Merritt, Travis Boat, there's plenty of players who I think Travis Boat, Holly Wines, so, I don't know if I yeah, them. Yeah, you yeah. did, but I completely agree. So, great discussion. I hope you guys like this um, new wing it discussion because I think it's fantastic. I want to hear your responses yeah. over our responses. Yeah, to you guys as well. So. Yeah, completely. I want to hear because next week we'll review what you guys said and we'll we'll shout your way out and go, all right, let's see what this guy said. So, let's let's talk with it and we'll see how we go. So, yeah. um, anyway, thank you very much for listening to another episode of the Wing It Podcast. Uh, Make we're sure about, to follow us on Instagram. We're about oh, dead sorry. on an hour, so yep, this should be a perfect on, episode. Really. So go on, Dogger, as you were saying. Yeah, make sure to follow us on Instagram. At Wigger Podcast. Make sure to follow us on TikTok. At Wigger Podcast. Uh, make sure to sub to our Instagram. Uh, sorry, sub to our YouTube. At Wigger Podcast. And uh, listen to us on Spotify, as always. At Wigger Podcast. Thank you very much. Ta. Good night.